The U.S. Treasuries were aggressively sold. The U.S. yields spiked higher and equities fell yesterday after a bad 30-year bond auction in the U.S. The cherry on top of all this, well, the Fed President Jerome Powell said that there could be more interest rate hikes on the pipeline in the U.S. if needed. Happily, it's nearly weekend so that we could just digest all this week's crazy volatility before next week's all-important U.S. inflation data. So welcome to Swiss Coast Daily Market Talk and happy Friday. Yesterday's 30-year Treasury auction in the U.S. was bad. And this time, well, that bad auction got the anticipated reaction from the market, which was a sharp sell-off in the U.S. Treasuries, especially in the 20- and 30-year papers. As such, the U.S. 30-year yield jumped 22 basis points yesterday. The 20-year yield jumped more than 20 basis points as well, while the U.S. 10-year yield jumped 18 basis points to above 46 level. Then, the Fed President Jerome Powell's speech at an IMF event was hawkish yesterday. I mean, it wasn't too hawkish either. It was just expected dose of reasonable hawkishness from a central bank head who actually sees the financial markets go absolutely crazy to a place that's obviously not sustainable in terms of market pricing and monetary policy. So, he just repeated that the FOMC will move carefully and that the Federal Reserve won't hesitate to raise the interest rates again in the US if that's needed. And that was it really. The short end of the US yield curve moved higher yesterday as well after Jerome Powell's speech, although the sell-off that we saw on the shorter end of the US yield curve was more contained. The US two-year yield is back above the 5% level this morning. And I know that I say this very often, but even at the 5% level, the U.S. two-year yield is still 50 basis points below the upper limit of the Fed funds target range. So if the Federal Reserve could convince investors and the market that the interest rates in the U.S. will stay high for long, this part, so the short end of the U.S. yield curve, could shift higher. And we could reasonably expect the U.S. 10-year yield to remain below that 5% psychological mark if economic growth in the U.S. slows and the U.S. job market loosens. So that would mean a bigger inversion of the U.S. 2 to 10-year portion of the yield curve. And it would mean, in plain English, a higher expectation of a recession in the U.S. in the next few months months to come but but hey now that we are well really really used to see that inverted yield curve in the US it won't really come as a shocker to investors and it won't necessarily bring along recession either I mean this is what we saw in 2023 after all Goldman Sachs now thinks that the hard part is now over for the Fed and the US economy they expect inflation in the US to continue to fall as the supply chain problems have faded away, the jobs market in the U.S. started slowing, and the rents in the U.S. should further come down moving forward. So they expect the U.S. economy to grow around 2.7% this year, and they actually see only a 15% chance of recession for the U.S. for next year. So 
you believe who you believe between the inverted U.S. yield curve, which hasn't been very good at predicting recession, and Goldman Sachs analysts. But don't forget one thing. Don't forget that on the flip side of the story, the growing U.S. fiscal deficit, the possibility of another U.S. government shutdown later this month, and a heavy, heavy bond supply from the U.S. Treasury should somehow slow down the inflows into the U.S. Treasuries and, in my opinion, keep the U.S. 10-year yield above the 4.5% level. So I see the U.S. 10-year yield swing between the 4.5% and 5% level in the foreseeable future. That's the conclusion of this first part. Now, of course, that sudden jump that we saw in the U.S. yields yesterday, which was, I mean, seriously not a surprise between you and I because that bond rally in the U.S. went well, well ahead of itself. So that jump that we saw in the U.S. yields yesterday hit appetite in the U.S. stocks, obviously. The S&P 500 fell 0.80% and Nasdaq fell around 0.82%. So the sell-off was a little bit less than a 1% move predicted by Citi, you know, before earlier this week, but it wasn't too far away from these levels. The bond auction in the West brought along a lot of volatility, a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty, and a, well, wave of new pricing, really. And that was quite fun, really. In the FX markets, the US dollar jumped to its 50-day moving average as a response to a rapid surge that we saw in the US Treasury yields. The euro dollar sank below the 107 level yesterday. Now, from a technical perspective, the early week rally that we saw in the euro dollar remained capped below a major Fibonacci level which is the 38.2% Fibonacci retracement on the summer to October sell-off in the euro dollar and which stands near the 107.60 level. And the euro dollar remains in a bearish trend right now as a result of this very failure to clear this important technical resistance. Now, of course, unideal political news from Spain and Portugal this week and a morose economic outlook for the eurozone economies over Overall, will likely keep the euro in retreat against the US dollar. And even though the European Central Bank officials also cry out loud these days that the interest rates in the eurozone will stay high for long, well, you know what? It sounds much less credible than the Fed out there when economic data, well, doesn't really tell the same exact story. In the UK, well, it's a bit like in Europe. The Bank of England is also trying to look like a tough man and convince investors out there that it's still too early to talk about an interest rate cut in the UK. But Cable's latest surge actually remained capped below the 200-day moving average. And the pair is back to around 1.22 level right now. The medium-term outlook for Cable remains neutral to bearish. And obviously, another surge in the US dollar appetite will easily send the pair toward the 120 psychological level. The dollar yen on the other hand is back to misery above the 151 level you want to buy the dollar yen but you also know very well that the Japanese are now tempted to intervene in the FX markets to prevent the Japanese yen from well, getting shattered and hammered just, just because the Bank of Japan is unable or unwilling to keep up with the rest of the major global central banks in their tightening policies as the Japanese are well quite happy right now to see inflation come back to Japan after decades of deflation and perhaps the weave of China 
China with its battle against deflation these days doesn't really increase the Japanese envy to well, move any faster. In the energy market, hmm, we see the oil bulls come timidly back to the market near the $75 per barrel psychological support. Here as well, the sell-off probably went just too far and too fast and it's time for at least a minor positive correction. Now, a move toward the $78 to $80 per barrel range would be reasonable in the foreseeable future. This area includes the 200-day moving average and the minor 23.6% Fibonacci retracement on September to November sell-off in the U.S. crude oil. Today's Friday. Well, fears of escalating geopolitical tensions in the Middle East could maybe help strengthen the $75 support as well in oil. But regarding that very topic, well, the biggest fear of oil traders in the Gaza war was the implication of Iran in this war, which would then obviously lead to another embargo on the Iranian oil. That would decrease the global oil supply and that would obviously send prices higher. So that was the rhetoric. Now, the new market narrative is, even if the Iranian oil gets banned, well, it doesn't really matter because first, well, the Iranian oil shipments have been falling anyway, and that's due to a weaker demand from Asia. And two, well, 90% of the Iranian shipments go to China anyway. And well, you know what? China doesn't really care about the Iranian oil ban. They will simply continue buying the Iranian oil. I know there's also the fact that the U.S. shale production hit a record high of 13.2 million barrels per day. And together with the rising worries of slower global demand, all these factors that I just cited should make sure that the oil rally, if there is any from the actual levels, doesn't extend easily above that $78 to $80 per barrel range. So this is all for this week. I'm Ipek Özkardeşköy and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful feedbacks. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments and please do not forget to hit the like button on these videos to let us know that you actually do enjoy them. So I will meet you again next week and until then, good day trading and have a lovely weekend.